The Brum Radio Shop is now open with all sorts of Brum Radio stuff with everything from t-shirts and hoodies to mugs and posters and much more. Support Brum Radio. Go to BrumRadio.com and click on Shop. Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit BrumRadio.com. Hi, it's Barbara Nice here, Barbara's and Strice, and Nice is in the biscuit. And the fellow we're going to talk to today, I was drawn to him because I just love talking to him. He's a lovely, ordinary Birmingham lad. His name's Glyn Purnell, and he's done very well with the chef in. But what I like most about him is he's dead ordinary. I can't wait to talk to him. It is the middle of February. We've had the big days. We've had Valentine's Day. And, of course, we've had the... The thing that eclipses all days, Pancake Tuesday, which we know Paul's a big fan of. <laughs> and he's laughing his head off now in that way that the regular listeners will know. That's Paul's little laugh. How are you doing, Paul? I'm good. I'm uh, curious about uh, your recent week and what you've been up to this week. Little birdie told me. The thought that, but... police was going to go on. <laughs> well, the birdie was you, but still. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that you may well have had uh, one of those special vaccines. Oh, okay. So, yes, I've had the Astra Hatch back. I was waiting out for the Blackpool, but no, it didn't come. Uh, an absolute anticlimax. Well, not in a way that you're now, you know, protected. Yeah, I'm not. I would listen, look, I'm, I'm an influencer. And I'm not saying to anybody, oh, Barbara says it's boring, we're not going. All I'm mm. saying to you is this. It's just, no, it's just day-to-day event. Mm. And uh, it doesn't hurt. One bit, no. in fact. On a scale of one to ten, you get more impact from going to the dentist for sure. Because <laughs> I've been to the dentist and that was quite a good day out in these days when every day is the same. You think, oh, at least I felt something. You know, the pain of the injection. So I felt a little bit let down and I've had no side effects either. No. So all in all, it was just a trip round the corner to the local surgery. Very mm. nice woman. Hmm. And uh, over and done with and then out mm. back out shopping. Well, I'll keep asking you, I'll keep monitoring you because you could be my guinea pig for side effects about... Well, no, a year or so when they get round to me. I'll ask yes, you well, yeah, because you're only five, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. When do you think they'll see you? Another <laughs> Probably, millennium? Yeah, my Christmas present if I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't hold up much. Don't expect <laughs> it to. There's no trumpets playing. That's I don't know what I was expecting, but of course mm. it's it's a good thing. So it doesn't do hurt, you, and it's very safe and all that kind of stuff. Did you get a a cup of tea and a biscuit? Nothing. Oh. oh. Paul, it's not on any <laughs> level. It's nothing, love. <laughs> I'm sorry to break this news. It's just an ordinary day-to-day thing, a bit like, oh, I don't know. Go and clean your teeth. So the good thing is, the good news is that if, if we have to keep having them, there's no, it's fine, you know. Yeah. And I'm not trying to take any, people go, oh, Barbara's made it sound. We were looking forward to it. We're going to take a flask and take photographs and, you know, and have sandwiches. And you do what you want with the experience. All I'm saying is, no, it was just ordinary. Very, very ordinary. Uh, and, and I like the ordinary, so that's no complaint. I like speaking to ordinary people, even if they're well-known. So when I say it was an ordinary thing to have it, that's not a, you know what I mean, I'm not. And if anybody's thinking, oh, I don't know whether to have it or not, might might as well, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, right, what's going on now? Do you not feel more immune? No. Not more confident to go I out? No, <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> Still got my mask on. <clears throat> I'm coughing. You see, it's not cured me, Paul. I'm coughing. <laughs> oh, dear. I'll keep an ear, ear on it for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. So as I said before, in a little bit now, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, everybody listening to Barbara Nice's and pals. It's not Barbara Nice and pals. Maybe we should have called it that. Barbara Nice and Friends podcast going out. We've got Glyn Purnell coming on in a minute. Right, ladies and gentlemen, Glyn Purnell. Now, we've only properly met once, but she was in your nice restaurant after that night out. But I liked you, Glyn, and I really <laughs> liked your wife. And that's good enough for me. How are you doing? Um, okay. It's obviously been um, a horrific time for everybody. Obviously, being in the hospitality industry, it's been very tough. Um, but, you know, we've, you know we've, I've stuck by my staff and we've tried to keep everybody employed and gone through all the bits and pieces to make sure that everybody can eat and have a roof over their head so yeah and we're doing we're doing um diy takeaway boxes at the moment which just keeps sticking over really brilliant so how do people get and then do they ring you up glenn yeah so they um it's normally uh it's through that thing they call social media which i'm uh, not that great on <laughs> Um, uh, well, there's lots of different formats, I believe, for lots of different uses. Um, so they, 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 they speak, uh, my people speak to their people, their people speak to my people, and then they get one delivered. I think that's the way it works, really. So it's not you then with a, with a frying pan at home and people ringing up and saying, Glenn, can you get this to us, love? And you're going, give us 10 minutes. Not that. And they get on a bike. That's not what's happening. No, no. It's not like when your dad folds the, the newspaper over and he writes a little jots down a little thing in the corner of the paper. Um, no, it's a, little bit, it's a little bit more sophisticated than that. But to be honest with you, uh, Barbara, I have actually... Um, been doing some of the delivering myself uh, before we did the courier stuff. So we, I were, the people were booking a box, and then you know, then this big hairy fifteen stone brummy turns up with with food for you. So uh, it, that did work quite well, actually. I, now listen, there'll be a lot of people thinking, where can we make a book? Where can we make that booking? Are you still doing those personal deliveries, Glenn? Or what, love? Uh, only for extra amounts of money, to with you, uh, and it depends on how much the client wants. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, so, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I've got a couple of deliveries. Like sometimes if it's a special birthday and it's in within a sort of uh, driving distance of where I live or the restaurant, I'll, I'll tend to sort of, I'll tend to, to do that just to put a smile on people's faces. Well, so, and that yeah. is, I know that that's one of the things that keep you going to put a smile on people's faces. You've always been like that, I think, as being a kid. What do you put it down to, that sense of fun and recognising how important it is fun? Where did it first start? I think, um, I think as a kid, I mean, I had, um, well, I've got two, brother, uh, two sisters and a brother, and my dad was quite a, a, quite a chirpy, funny sort of guy. Um, not for the first hour when he came back from work, that's when he was a bit <laughs> grumpy, but once he thawed out and we, we picked the metal shards out of the top of his head from his welding, he sort of, turned, he sort of relaxed. <laughs> he relaxed and was quite a funny guy, to be honest with you. Uh, I, th I think, you know, brought up in, you know, on Chelmsford with a council estate and stuff, and, you know, we didn't have much, to be honest with you, but we had enough. Uh, we didn't have much, but what we did have was each other's company and most definitely a great sense of humour, which I do think Brummies do actually have. So, yeah, so it started from home, I'd say. I love all this. I love the chirpy after we picked out the welding shards from his head. <coughs> and that, to me, somehow is a Brummie sense of humour. Lots of people 
thing that, peop that people in Birmingham don't have the sense of humour. What a load of rubbish that is, Glyn, isn't it? Does it get on your nerves, all that nonsense that people speak? It does a little bit. I think it's because of our um, our dulcet tones. <laughs> it's just because obviously scousers and, and people from Manchester they they, they, go to, they go pitch high and come low. We see, tend to stay at the one monotone level. To <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. Um, and it's quite dry as well. And you know, I, I just I just I think it's endearing. I do. I love it. I love it, I know, and I love this pitch high and lying low and all that. Brilliant. Your language is brilliant. So there you are in your house. Your dad's, your dad's chirps up after he's thawed out. <laughs> yeah. How, how many kids then? How many kids laughing together? So we'd have so like uh, so I've got me I've got an older sister called Gaina, then I've got an, uh, a younger brother because I was the second, a younger brother called uh, Gareth, and then I've got a little sister called Gemma. You say that, don't you now? And like my little sister's forty-one. It doesn't doesn't it doesn't doesn't sound right, does it? When you say I've got a little sister, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> But the, 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 the thing is, is our house, because my oldest sister was wrapped up in cotton wool um, and right. was, was the precious one. Uh, and then obviously me being the oldest lad, um, I, got the, um, I got the rough end of the stick, uh, so to speak, because when, you know, I was born in 1975 and coming into the early 80s and y y your dad wanted you to be a man, didn't he? He wanted yeah. you to, you know, so I'd be holding a piece of wood in the middle of, um, middle of January with snow around me, but our dad saw it with his T-shirt on and a pencil behind his ear. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and then me, me brothers and sisters are peeking through the net curtain while my mum's making bacon sandwiches. <laughs> and that, that was, and I always thought, oh, done by to be honest with you. Uh, a little bit sort of like, all right, I'll do this then. And then, oh, when I, and then when I broke the news to my dad I was going to be a chef, um, he, he almost had to question uh, one, whether it was a real job, and the other one was my sexuality. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> um, oh, that's yeah. a lovely idea. I, I just love the picture of you out. So your dad manning you up outside where everybody else mm. is eating bacon sandwiches. But are you glad you think those skills, you think whatever manning up means, do you think it has been useful? I think um, I've always had, um, I've always been a tough a skin kind of bloke anyway, yeah. or, or kid as such, because of the environment that w we lived in at that time. It was, you know, school was a bit more disciplined and your dad was a bit more disciplined and, and you know, everything you had to work for and stuff and you were more grateful than anything. And I think, I think that most definitely put me in good stead to, you know, to, uh, my journey on life. And kitchens as well in the sort of um, late 80s, quite tough places so if you wasn't ready for that you were never gonna you were never gonna progress so yeah i think i think it's done me well yeah i think so and so when did you first i know everybody must pig in ash you this but what was the first <coughs> bits of food that you ate that you thought oh i'm really interested in cooking is it was it your mum's was it somebody else's where did you first get the, the interest in in what goes behind the bacon sandwich you know what i mean yeah i, th I think to be honest with you it was always at, um in our house we all ate together and it was the occasion, it was the, you know, the big sort of, um, the occasion of sitting down for dinner, even if it was, you know, boiled ham hock, peas and parsley sauce, mm. or it was, you know, so my, so my mum's mom, from Worcester, um, so a lot of her cooking was very sort of um, hearty, quite a lot of offal, um, you know, real sort of basic Good solid cooking. Um, you know, you knew you, you knew what you were having by the by the day of the week. Now you know you're gonna have bubble and squeak on on on, um, on Monday, and it was always there was never 
there was always enough food, but there was never too much food. Um, and I think that was a massive learning curve for me to, 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 to say, look, that's enough. Um, and then on the, on the, on, in the week, my dad, uh, we used to watch a lot of, um, my dad used to like watching a lot of cookery programmes. Uh, and I fell in love with, with lots of the, the, the stars on the cookery programmes, like Keith Floyd, <gasps> Ken Harm, oh. Madam Jaffrey, and, you know, and, and to, I mean, I watched Keith Floyd because, one, I watched him because he was obviously, you know, he was a bit of a rogue, but he was still, in my eyes, a bit of a legend. Um, the, the fact that he would go to these places that I'd never seen before, so he would go to parts of Italy where, uh, as, as a 12-year-old lad, I'd only dreamed to, to go, and I mean, I didn't go abroad until I was uh, 19. Um, and I used it as, 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 a, as um, the eyes of the world, to, as such, so I could see what was going on around, as well as food, if you know what I mean, the culture that really sort of connected with me with food. So that, and that, was, a, that was a massive sort of thing, really. Um, so lovely. I love Keith Floyd. That's one of the things I've been doing over lockdown. I bought a couple of his books. I'm afraid yeah. they were very cheap on Amazon. I felt sorry for Keith. They're very cheap. <laughs> You know, <laughs> about a hundred recipes for five quid, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But lovely writing in there, all about his mm. friendships and, like you say, like a, like a travel thing as much as anything. And so much fun. <laughs> oh, and I'll tell you who else I like, and I, I watched her over Christmas, Fanny Craddock. Have you seen Fanny Craddock at Christmas? Brilliant. Brilliant. So aggressive, but in quite a feminine way. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost um, you'd be quite frightened, wouldn't you, if, if you if you if you went on her show? She was a she, in fifteen minutes. I did feel sorry for her, but she kept saying, "Well, this is the problem with being a woman. They expect so much of you." She, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she, she, she stuffed about five different birds, made a trifle, and did something with um I don't know some sort of um black forest gato. Yeah. In 15 minutes, she kept saying, let's move on. And she had this girl with it, kept saying, can you give me that, Claire? Not now, not now. And yeah, I've I I, I seen a little bit of on, on Gogglebox, and everybody on Gogglebox felt sorry for the girl that was next That's to her. Right. That's right. That's what I mean, so. But I actually thought she was kind in a way to the girl next to her because she was under pressure. I mm -hmm. honestly thought they'd said to, to Fanny, we can only give you 15 minutes. And she... I felt she needed the money because what she was trying to do is flog this this booklet. She, it's not so much a booklet of recipes, it's more a small book, which really made yeah. me laugh. She <laughs> yeah. said flogging stuff. Anyway, I love Fanny Craddock. Yeah, and I think I think uh, I mean for me once once Keith Floyd and then and then as as um obviously Birmingham is such a fantastic place with so many sort of cultures and, and sort of so much diversity which is he's brilliant so then my mum taking me down the market on a yeah. saturday uh, and to see all these you know you know fish had a face you know there was like there were rabbits hanging up with fur and and and, and you know some of my friends when they were growing up never had you know never really experienced that and i think that was another key thing and then my dad then started watching um Ken Harm, Madame Jaffrey, was watching with him, uh, and then he went and bought himself a wok. And the hilarious thing was, this this wok was a proper one. You know, like now they put all these ones that are like you know non-stick, and this was like made out of cast iron, and it was like rusted if you didn't dry it. That sort of wok. Yeah. And um, we bought he bought this wok, and he was chuffed. And we we, we got on the fifty-five bus back to Chelmsley Wood on with this this with this wok under his arm. <laughs> he was enormous as well. Got it back home and we've got this like little electric cooker. 
<laughs> the rock, and when you put the rock on the little <laughs> cooker, it just rolled off and fell on the floor. <laughs> so we had to stand there and hold it, which was which was hilarious. And then touching back on, on onto the rock, I got made uh, a, um, uh, an honorary professor at the UCB College uh, years oh, ago. Yeah. And we went and had to go all the gown and the, the cap on stuff. I mean, I can barely spell, but you know, if they want to give me a professor, then that's, that's fine. Um, so then this guy came over, um, I think it was like the deacon or, or one of them came over, and he was like, uh, or the dean, sorry, that's it, the deacon, that's church, isn't it? Um, he come over, he come over, and he said to me, that, Oh, um, you know, I've read a few stories that Glenn's been saying, and, and you know, and um, you, know, you, you used to um, use a wok, didn't you? <laughs> And then my dad, and he says, do you still use the wok? And my dad <laughs> rubbed his belly and he went, yeah, only to iron my shirts. <laughs> and, <laughs> and to me, and, that, and, that, and that, just, that just shows you, my dad taught me about cooking and about humour. Uh, and this guy's face, he didn't, he didn't know whether to take him serious or not. Um, but yeah, and, and, so, so, so watching those programmes and my dad sort of inspiring me, and you know, he bought a spice rack. Um, See, Madame Jaffrey bought a spice rack. He's probably still got the same spices when he bought it in 1983, probably, like most people's spice That's rack. Right. <laughs> it was all spice racks, was it? Was it one of them that you screwed to the thing and it held those... Um what the Schwartz spices? Yeah, that's it. The little bottles used to all fit in, yeah. So, um, but yeah, and, and I think it was just the inspiration of going down the market and. You know, there was like steel drums going on. There was all these sort of, um, you know, sort of Asian sort of stalls and stuff, and you know, bright colours and sort of thinking, wow, this is, you know, this is this is pretty cool. This is pretty interesting. And then, you know, one of the first dishes I created, um, my mum, my mum had gone to work, and my dad, my dad had done a bit of overtime, and I had to look after my younger two because my sister had, um, which is funny, she had a part-time hairdressing job in a shop called Stall Council, which was oh, quite right. funny. Um, <laughs> there's the 80s for you. And then, and, and so I had, to, I had to look after the, the other two. My mum said, look, there's some some beans in the cupboard. Uh, do the kids some beans on toast? And, uh, so, okay, fair enough. So I must have been about what, 10, 11, 11, 12 maybe, a push. And um, so I get the beans on. And then my little sister's uh, saying, oh, Make the, make, make the beans special, make the beans special. So I put a little bit of curry powder in there, chop some onion, put a bit of onion in there, put the beans over the top, grated some cheese. And it was like my first dish that I actually created was curried beans on toast with cheese. Um, but I, I believe now you can buy them in the tin with curry powder. Yeah, you can. I love that, yeah. make the beans special. Now, one of the things that people <laughs> are doing, Glenn, is people are cooking mm. so much more at home now, aren't they? Over mm. this lockdown, there's been a resurgence in home cooking. I loved it when you said your mum would, there'd always be enough, but there wouldn't be too much. I think that's, it reminded me of my mum. You just had enough on your plate and that was it. So people are doing a lot of cooking at home. Do you think that's going to continue? I know it's, I know it was getting pop. It's a daft yeah. thing to say that cooking was getting popular. No, no, no. I, re I really hope it doesn't continue to be honest with you and I hope ah, people, right, really <laughs> <laughs> people, people realise what a, a, a magician I really am because when we first opened the restaurant in, in July after lockdown, the first initial lockdown, uh, people were sitting in, in the restaurant with their eyes closed. Some people started crying because they forgot how good food can be. I think that's what I realised. I think I think it's I think it's great that people that, that people are taking up cooking, but I think you should like changing tyres and, and starter motors. Leave it to the professionals. I think. Oh yeah, 
brilliant. I love that answer. I could feel it going quiet when I was describing people. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice, to be fair, what is nice is the education, what people are absorbing a bit more education about where their food comes from. Yeah. Um, and it's also the cost of food because sometimes people come to a restaurant and, you know, I've got two restaurants and, you know, one's uh, slightly more of a well high-heeled sort of place where it's a Michelin star, it's a bit more uh, gastronomic, um, slightly more challenging. But, it's, you know, when people look at the bill and, and you know, years ago, people used to um and ah about it at the cost of it. But I think over the years, and especially in these current times, people are understanding what the cost of food is and what the cost of quality food is. So I think that's a good thing that, that people are taking that education and, you know, having a go at home. So, yeah. I, lo I really love it. I love it. Say, so, yeah, leave it to the experts because I'm doing, yeah, people are doing some terrible DIY jobs at home and need redoing. Want to see what Ken's doing yeah. with our wallpaper? But um, when you when you get when it all get when it all gets back, it'll be a it'll be a yeah. gradual thing, won't it? It won't be a big day in all the shops. It won't be like that. But what is it that no. you're most looking forward to happening again? What do you think you're missing most about being in the cut and thrust of it all? I think I miss um, uh, serving people, making people happy, um, you know, creating stuff that, 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 that stay with, you know, when, when we talk about restaurants of the sort of the, the elite sort of restaurants that, that I'm in amongst is, you know, the, the people have meals and they remember that meal for the rest of their life. It's, you're, you're actually creating memories, you know, so, you know, you know, you know, it's like, oh, remember when we went to, uh, you know, Sandra's, you know, 60th and we had the, we had the 10 course tasting menu and, Glyn came out and the sommelier did this and you know that's the sort of thing that I, I miss it for myself but also I miss providing it for people you know and the boxes are a little a little bit of a stretching our arm out and, and sort of saying you can still have it because we're having lots of people celebrating sort of things as best they can but I just miss walking through the restaurants and uh, listening to the laughter and the chink of glasses and you know the, the best sound for a restaurateur is that pop of a champagne bottle that goes off in the background every now and again or, or, or the rattle of the ice in a shaker it's that's the sort of stuff that I miss really so that's so beautiful listen I think you're a very poetic lad have you ever written any poems or anything like that um, no, I'm quite creative. I've written uh, two children's books. Um, Brilliant. Uh, one about my Jack Russell, who eats baked beans and curry powder, funny enough, um, <laughs> and, and, and fights, fights the world with a deadly fart. Um, <laughs> uh, but now I do a lot of, I used to do a lot of oil painting. Um, uh, I am quite a creative writer. I'll, I'll have to send you my new book, actually. It's like a bit of an autobiography with oh, all, the, all the, the nuts and bolts. It's, six, it's over six kilo in weight. So... <laughs> It's quite an expensive book, but if you pay by the if you pay by the gram, it's quite cheap. Right, it sounds very good. It'd be all very good for pressing flowers by the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that book, and I will pig in love a copy. What's it called, Glenn? Where can people it's get called, it? It's called Pernal's The Journey There and Back Again. Right. So it's talking about what we're doing now and the future, but also it takes all the way back to being brought up on Charmsy Wood, uh, crashing my bike into this, the, the nemesis, which was the tree in the middle of the square where I lived, um, to, 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 you know, uh, working with Gordon Ramsay f uh, for two weeks when I was up and coming and realised it was, you know, it was a serious game, to 
sort of, you know, going out and having a good time and, and you know, working hard, family, friends, and just how fantastic my team are at Pernals and, and everybody that's ever worked with me for the last sort of over 20 years now are grateful and what a special, um, you know, part they've played, really. So it's, 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 it's about myself and it's about the staff that have made it is what it is. Oh, I'm, well, I'm looking forward to reading. Oh, sure we'll sort that out, yep, 100%. And I'm sure everybody listening to this, because mm, you're, the, you're just fantastic, and it's just reminding me of when I met you that night, and I think we did pop a cork of champagne, and just <laughs> having a laugh. And I know you, you've got your lovely relationship, because you met your wife at school, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. I used to... Um... I used to chase around the social club when we were about nine. Um, which, um, quite difficult to catch then. Now, um, it seems quite easily. Uh, she, she seems to trip up and slow down quite easily. Um, but I think it's because I, I get chased more now than, than she does. So, yeah, we met at school um, and she was... Um, we went out two or three times throughout the process of school. Then when I started cooking, um, I really sort of focused and we sort of, but then we split up and she went off to university and all the rest of it. So we didn't see her for about seven or eight years. And then we just bumped into each other on New Year's Eve. Um, Where and yeah, then Whereabouts were you on New Year's Eve? It was in the, it's a, it's a little nightclub called The Dome, which oh, was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many romances started there. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. romances started there. I mean, it's when you step over the sick and embrace <laughs> them. That's when, that's when you know it's going to last forever. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's whether you leave for the front door or whether you leave for the fire exit. It depends on who you upset. But no, I, I, I was, I'd finished work, obviously, because I'd been working and I drove all the way over in town. So I was meeting a few friends. And the funny thing is, I parked my car. I thought, I'll leave my car and I'll pick it up tomorrow mm. the next day obviously um so i could have a good time and stuff so i was working at simpsons in kenilworth at the time so i drove, drove all the way over to meet my friends and stuff bumped into her um she was she already had a boyfriend at the time and obviously you know when the bvd come the bigger better deal she saw me with her butter a butter a bread was buttered um and and then I went back the following day. To, I, 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 we didn't. We just exchanged numbers and stuff. And um, you know, it's that thing, isn't it? When you when you when you ask for a girl's number uh, in um, in the sort of early nineties, it was oh one two one do one. Um, so <laughs> she, she gave me she gave me her number, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'll ring you. So then I, then I'm walking walking out, punching the air, thinking I've won the lottery. Come back, woke up with a hangover from hell. Got a taxi into town, which cost me a tenner, which then was, was a fair bit of money. Turned and turned up in the car park. The car park was locked until the 4th of January. No! <laughs> yeah. Which funny enough to my birthday as well. So, um, <laughs> so I had to wait until the 4th of January to get my car out of this locked car park. Um, so it's a, a memorable um, New Year's Eve, that was. I think it was 1997, actually. Oh, I think so, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Now, yeah. is there anything... So, uh, how can people get these boxes and all? Because I know people will be thinking, right, come on, Barbara, ask ask Glyn about the boxes. We want one. How can we get one of them if we wanted one? So, if you go onto Pernal's um, either Facebook or Instagram, yeah. and there'll be a number there or an email, and then you call the number, do the email, they can sort out delivery and all that sort of stuff. And it's normally, I think it's £40 a head, and it's a four course menu um, and, and all, all, all the instructions in there and it's like I think uh, this week is slow cooked lamb with uh, tapenade uh, potato gratin with compressed compressed lettuce and parsley 
I think there's a, a banoffee pie for the pudding, there's strawberry fudge to go with your coffee afterwards. Cured salmon, I think, is, is was one of the dishes of the last week. And then we normally do uh, freshly baked for catch, olive oil, uh, balsamic, uh, sun-dried tomatoes, and some olives as a little bit of an aperitif. And it's all there, and, it, and it's 99% cooked. It's, it's a case of reheating it and assembling it. And, and what we found is when we speak to people is that they, that they do it together. So they ah. go in the kitchen together, and they make a bit of a thing for it. And yeah. like I say to people, when, <coughs> when I drop it off, Barbara, I say, look, mate, <laughs> Make sure you lay the table nice, get out your breast crockery, go and put something nice on, you know, and, and, and the woman nudges the man at the door and goes, go on then, go and have a shave. And, you know, and, and it's, it's that, I think you've got to make it an occasion. You know, we all have, we all have a takeaway. I mean, we sit there in our super, super, superman pyjamas <laughs> eating chicken chow mein. <laughs> but I think it's an opportunity to, to do something, to do something like that. So just go on Instagram, Facebook, it's Pernals, um, you know, um, and, and, and all the details are there, and my staff are fantastic. They can help you out if you need to know anything about what it is, or tell you what the menu is for the next week if you don't particularly like this week's menu. So they're, they're great. My people are great, and, and they'll look after you all the way. Aww. I really like this idea of making an occasion. And oh, mm. lovely. Because what what it is that you miss most about the, the sort of outdoor world? You're trying to give it into people, give a flavour of it. I can't. Oh, I'm so pleased to talk to you now. You're a good lad, and I'm looking forward to reading that book. Uh, and I, do you think you'll carry on doing some of them boxes? Because some things about lockdown will carry on, won't they? You'll carry on doing some of them. I think so, yeah. I mean, we, we've had a massive interest um, yeah, na nas uh, nationally as well. It, it's yeah. really sort of ramped it up a bit, which which is great. And I think I think we'll do, we'll do them. We'll do them on a slightly smaller scale. We won't probably produce as, as many as we do. Yeah. Um, but we've got some other fantastic stuff. Pernals as, 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 as a group, we've got some great stuff coming up. We've got, wow. um, we're opening a bistro uh, and cocktail bar in Knoll on Knoll High Street, which yeah, hopefully will open when... Um, when the lockdowns come, and we've got three massive projects in a 14th century cloister in Coventry, which is going to be mind blown, and that hopefully is going to be towards the end of well, towards the summer. So some great stuff happening. So creative. So this lad from the wood, Chelmsley Wood, <laughs> carrying on being pig and creative. Thank you so much, love. Enjoy the rest of the day. You're a good one. Thank Cheer you. Off. Thank you. Love bye, you. Love. Bye. Bye. bye, bye. bye. Oh, Paul, wasn't he good? Yeah, it's a nice chat. I was laughing my head off. I had to keep moving away from the mic. As soon as he started talking, I was laughing. Very funny. And his lovely description about his dad chirping up after he thawed. It's language. And then, because one of the themes really about, in all, I hope, in all the things we've been talking about, is a, is a role of creativity in our lives. And that lad buzzing. He must have been buzzing nine when he was chasing his, you know, Soon to be, well, not soon to be, in the future to be wife from the social clubs of Chelsea Wood. Just a buzzing, creative, fun, gifted, talented lad. And anybody that thinks that talent and gifts only live with the rich, families you well off in the first place, they are fools. And what worries me a little bit with you know, with lockdown and some kids not being able to get on computers, they might they might be falling behind a bit. But having said that, actually, the skills that Glyn Purnell's got are not things you can learn off a computer anyway, you know. No teacher's taught him that. He's born to it. Anyway, good on him. And uh, anybody listening to it, I hope you've been exhilarated and thrilled 
by just listening to that lovely lad and his joie de vivre. And also, Paul, I'm getting a free book, which is absolutely, <laughs> that was the whole was idea, clever. really. Well, that's the only reason I had him on, you know. That, well, smooth operator, this part so, oh, Smooth operator. And I was thinking, yeah, nice. Oh, and what he's doing with the boxes and then the ideas for the future, buzzing. I think I'm going to order one of them boxes, Paul. You, I, yeah. ban- I love banoffee pie. When mm. he was describing it, is there anything you thought, mm, sounds lovely, that I box? I mean, there's very few things that he's going to make that I'm not going to like. It's sort of, you know. yeah, aspiring food, sort of, you have to save up for it. But I thought <laughs> 40 quid wasn't so bad, really. Yeah, I suppose, for a family. But for- for a, for a proper, uh, well, it was per head, love. But that's all right, because it was a proper <laughs> event, wasn't it? And Yeah, especially, you make a special occasion, that's great. People are, and also, Paul, people are saving, going back to my conversation mm. right at the beginning, uh, people aren't spending money like they were. You can afford mm. now, I think, it's 40 true. quid per head for a meal. In the past, yeah. you might say, we can't. You can now. If you're not doing We've anything got... else and you've got a, a, a kitty. Yeah. If you've got a kitty, you can also. give the kitty anything left over, <laughs> which is what used to happen. No cat food, you know. Used no. to in Glimp and Elle's man's days. I bet they just used to <laughs> scrape a bit of food. Oh, kitty cat. Anyway, <laughs> right. I know that's not what you meant, but no, it's that was me making a joke. Okay, love. So Glenn was talking about all those things he's doing, and then Paul. If we go off here, remind me that I didn't mention what I'm doing. So mm. at the end of February, we're doing like a check-in. Me and Kirsty Newton, if you not, don't know who she is, she's so brilliant, a fantastic musician, she lives in Hebden Bridge, about Cypher because she'll get flooded. We kind of get together on a, the last Sunday of every month, so this will be February, I think 29th or summer, and invite the audience to tell us what they've been up to. And we're also asking people to send in any little videos they've got, either a Valentine's Day or it's greater cousin. Pancake, pancake Tuesday. day, yay! Yeah, hey, it's right then. What did you do on pancake day? <laughs> we had pancakes. It didn't go too well. Uh, I was trying oh. to because you asked for people to gift them or, or send you a little clip, yeah. didn't you? Ours went on the floor. One of them, anyway. Oh. One went on the floor. So I know. So it was one pancake down before we even sat down. <laughs> oh, for all that build up, one went on the floor. I felt like a right charlatan. You must have been giving it a bit of um, welly, yeah. though, for it to go on the floor. Yeah, At least you were doing it properly, Paul. Yeah, it was. It folded over, which I hate. I want it to be flat, so I was trying to yeah. fold it over, fold it back. Oh, it's on the floor. It's <sighs> exciting, the flipping of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the best bit. Of course it is. And, and, we, and also, if you don't take a risk, Paul, then you never achieve anything. So I'm <laughs> glad a, you were flipping. It's the danger of pancake day. No other day, no other meal has a danger of just being... No, that's <laughs> right. It's the jeopardy of <laughs> all pancake. All over the floor. Oh, I'm pleased in a way, because that's real life okay so thank you so much everybody for listening in to me and paul and the wonderful glim Pennell. i am definitely going to order one of them boxes and the book oh, honestly hey i'll tell you what as well i don't want to turn into one of them shows where we're advertising everything <laughs> i mean that properly but i did love watching rocker what was it called king rocker yeah, I, and if you did watch it mm. and you're listening, you were Stuart Tony and you watched it. I hope you really proper enjoyed it. I really liked it. And it's doing well, and if you want to watch it again, you can. Right. All right, Paul, what are you going to do with the rest of the day now, love? Uh, probably edit the podcast. <laughs> Nothing exciting Oh, yeah, it's today. hard working, Paul. It's, <laughs> it's but it, it's worth getting out, and thank you for everything you mm. do. All right, and I, he was yeah. good at he was good at bigging up his team, and I'm going to big up my team at oh. Brum Radio, and of course with a brilliant Paul Hadsley, oh. who goes over and above from the little room 
with a Juliet balcony <laughs> to edit these podcasts that we've been making since the beginning of lockdown. And mm-hmm. thank you. And they're all coming through this thing called clean feed. And sometimes people think, you know, they, it, people think it's an irrigonic irrigation thing and they don't <laughs> click on it because they're a bit worried. So it's nice that we're managing mm-hmm. to get through. We got through to Glimper now. So thank you to my team and yes. to you lot for listening. The spirit of Glimpernell is in me. Over and out. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.